Happy New Year and welcome to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Jenny. I'm Zach. And we, after all of our crazy conspiracy theory, whatever, depressing sex cults, we thought we needed a little palate cleanser, something that no one had to think about one single bit. I still don't know if I'm thinking about it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But we watched Caddyshack and it was a blast. Tell me about your experience with this film, lover. I think that like I knew about the gopher. Mm-hmm. I knew there was like animat- full disclosure, thought I was not going to be a fan. It's my new favorite pet. Don't think it tops Gizmo, but it's 4 years earlier. It's, it's pretty believable. Pretty adorable. <laughs> I'm I was shocked and I really wasn't overused. I expected it to be used a lot more and get annoying. Wasn't. Perfectly part of a little side plot. This was against the rules, probably because it was, had too much sex. Know that I knew about it. I knew it existed. I, in the same way that I knew who Dudley Moore was, <laughs> I knew who Rodney Dangerfield was, and I don't know why we. There was a your movie, dad does Rodney Dangerfield bits all the time, he kind and of I don't. Does get it. he kind of does? There was a movie that Rodney Dangerfield had that was oh Johnny Johnny something. No, but I remember that being a thing. I don't know if I saw all of it, but I remember that movie existing. I feel like Rodney Dangerfield, for, maybe he was in like an episode of Married with Children. Maybe, which that was off. Improvement or something. Married with Children was off off the limits for sure. I like know. Just, my mom hates people of that have low class. <laughs> I know Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> as the dad in Natural Born Killers. Ooh. And he is a monster in that. He is playing completely against – I mean, he's – you know, his usual, you know, whatever, but like he's child molesting, violent father. Isn't it that play with like a laugh track too? Like yeah, a sitcom? it's like a sitcom and the mother is the, he's a real rad dude from Ferris Bueller. Oh, wow. And they're the abusive parents of. That's, that's tough. Yeah. It's, <laughs> they're Mickey and Mallory's first kills. Oh, wow. It is brutal. Very, very brutal. No, I just know him, you know, being like, and he only says it once. He only says his tagline once in this movie. Yeah, once. And it's really towards the end. It's very subtle. I applaud it because it could have been just everywhere. (laughs) I've got to admit, I don't want to get too into it until we like get our backstories, but like. I thought he was hilarious. Oh, he was funny. He was great. I mean, everybody was being who they were at this moment in time. Bill Murray is being his Bill Murrayist. Chevy Chase is being his Chevy Chaseiest. Ted Knight is being his Ted Knightiest. And Roddy Dangerfield is bringing it home. I really thought I would have thought his shtick was tired and old and like something maybe my uncle would be into. I mean, yes, but it's played so well for Ted Knight's mania. 75% of his bits land and he's doing seven bits a second. (laughs) Everybody's firing quick. I mean, because even Chevy Chase is firing quick. He, I think Chevy Chase is like, I'm going to be Cary Grant, but funnier. (laughs) That's like who he thinks he is. All the things he says are like like, nonsense. Boy, he's doing Paul Rudd really well. But <laughs> no, like, because Paul Rudd like says weird little things, but like, or he says funny little things. But Chevy Chase says nonsense, <laughs> absolute nonsense <laughs> in all of his movies. <laughs> like, they're all like, if they're not a devil entendre of him, they're just like, 
just like big bad wolf just out ooga-ing at someone. He's a little bit more sophisticated at this era of time, but not by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> My history with this movie, I just know the commercials for Caddyshack 2. Okay, I don't remember. I mean, I'm assuming is Bill Murray back in it? I know no. I know there's the gopher. Chevy Chase and the gopher are the only ones back. And I think Chevy <laughs> Chase has disowned it. I'm sure. Because still at this Dan point in time. Dan plays the Carl. Oh, I see. I see. He got tagged in. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we saw at the beginning of credits that, you know, uh, uh, Brian, Brian Doyle, Doyle Murphy. Murphy is the head writer on head this Head writer film? on this. Well done. I didn't know he played so heavily in this crew. I knew he shows up in this crew right. all the time. Directed by Harold Ramis. Yeah, I knew that. Who I believe wrote the screenplay for the sequel and I guess tried to take his name off unable <laughs> but i wanted to second one there's gophers the gopher looks hilarious mm-hmm. and there's explosions and gophers and at our sixth grade sunday school party at mr gaddy's pizza we had this God, i want some mr gaddy's pizza <laughs> is mr gaddy's more like than regional for us i have no idea i have no idea far it, but it was a pizza buffet yeah. And projector, big screen television. That pre, was it, the pre, two things that it did. Pre CCs. In the 80s. Yeah. 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 All you can eat pizza and you can watch The Simpsons on a 60 foot screen. That's. I mean, living it. the fucking life. <laughs> right? I mean, one of the two episodes of The Simpsons I ever watched as a child was at Mr. Gaddy's because my parents couldn't turn the channel. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> But sixth grade Sunday school party and they had rented and we got to vote on Caddyshack 2 or Police Academy 6. None of those are appropriate. Police Academy 6 won. Sorry. Both PG sequels to R-rated films. That's an interesting thing for it to go the opposite direction. Not really opposite, but I guess maybe take a a turn and become less racy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I wanted to see Caddyshack 2 so bad. I've never seen it. Probably better for it, but now I've seen Caddyshack. I that's a, that's about the extent of my knowledge of the. I just assumed this was one of those things that, like, oh, my dad thought that was funny, but my dad didn't really. This was not a movie around our house. This wasn't a movie around our house. My I just dad knew it existed. Was a caddy at this time. And your dad. Your dad rode some lines. Your dad was part of this crew. 100%. My dad was a stoner caddy in the sixties and seventies, and I just have made no a monkey idea. in a good car. <laughs> like, why did he not love this movie? We did not have this on VHS that I wasn't allowed to watch. Maybe he had some sort of weird, worse PTSD war story. He's like, I lived it. I lived it. <laughs> I don't need to see it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. So. Yeah, like right off the bat, we got Rhythm of Sprinklers hitting. It's pretty good. Gover's popping up. I'm like, all right, all right. I, okay, he's cute so far. I just said, I don't play golf. No. Nope. And I'm afraid that I'm not going to like this, but I think I did. I don't think that the golf was really that important. Then we, had, said, then we had Kitty Loggins. And the Gopher Bam. puppet is cute. Oh, man. Like we were, just, we were talking like we don't know if this is stop motion or puppetry, but it is excellent fantastic for the for 1980 for 1980 it is so believable and fluid it it must be stop motion i mean they must have really perfected stop motion i feel like there's too. both i feel like there's a couple Maybe. of things kind of has that jerky look to it but i feel like it's mostly a puppet i just the character was living and breathing and it was like i wanted to snuggle it like <laughs> i was like it's a log our cat <laughs> i could see it i could see it 
So we open on, you know, after we open on the grounds, we open on a house that is full of so many children. So many children. I don't know. They're just coming out of everywhere. And we have our oldest and greatest getting ready to go to his caddying job, putting spoonfuls of sugar on his Cheerios, putting his college fund in the cookie jar. And it's just, we know everything is writing on whatever he's doing. How did your parents wake you up? Not very well, I will say. My poor dad, because he that was usually his deal. And I remember saying many times that I was thinking about what I was going to wear, which was I was actually falling back asleep. <laughs> there have been times that I have woken up and he's been asleep at the foot on the floor at the foot of my bed. Because <laughs> I hadn't gotten up and he... <laughs> He fell asleep again, too. <laughs> See, dad was always at work. It was mom's job to get us up. I don't have any. I just, yeah, like, I just wouldn't. And I'm sure she was annoyed. I mean, when my it was my mom's, it went so much smoother. Like, because it was such a, she usually, for a lot of my childhood, as a little, as a younger kid, she worked overnight. Like, gotcha. she worked night gotcha. shift. Nursing, and so it was his job to Night get us shift up. Nurses is what you're trying to say. Yeah, sorry, but so there many was... of your moms and sisters have been night shift nurses, and I just think that I'm pretty sure that is a erotic film. Probably. But... Um, sometimes there was Mrs. Winter's cinnamon rolls, which was always a good motivator. Okay, okay. My dad likes to cram a ton of things into no time, and he would say, go get in the car, and it was like, that was a kiss of death. When we were not in his sight, we were not going to make anything on time. I feel like that's I'm, – I'm sorry. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, but I feel like that's one thing about your life is that you grew up knowing that no matter how long it took you to get ready, your dad was going to be 20 minutes later, so it didn't really fucking matter. Maybe. That's and very true. So <laughs> nowadays – That's probably true. Like, yeah, it's – Get me to the church on time. I mean, I'm pretty okay. Like seven minutes later than we need to be constantly. Constantly, but not always. <laughs> not a hundred percent of the time. Give me that. I I get where I need to but be. You're never a half hour late to anything. No, no. It's usually yeah. It usually comes down. Your hair to- just takes just little longer than you were No, expecting. it's always about... Or the extra outfit. Picking out something to wear. Okay. It's always there. So you're, you're not going back to sleep now, though. You're actually picking out something to wear. Yes. Yes. I'm actually, like, trying on 17 things and draping them over the rolling rack, and they're staying there forever. Anyway, this is not what we're talking about. Welcome to marriage chat. <laughs> I said, like, these parents are 80s poor. They're, yeah, 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 yeah. They're even like, who's this kid? I don't know this kid. <laughs> So we are driving. He's he's biking to the country club. There's some bad blue screening on the biking. Yeah, there really is. I was like, he's pedaling backwards, I think. <laughs> <laughs> to the Bushwood Country Club. I know. I was like. They named it because of the name. I was like, tracks. <laughs> <laughs> they really didn't play into it that much, though. They kind of just let it ride. They were like, here's the joke. We're not going to like. No, they didn't, they didn't bring it up over and over and over they and over and over again. It seems like the thing that Rodney Dangerfield could have gone Absol- on and on absolutely, about. Absolutely, absolutely. So I applaud them for that. They just let it hang in the air. So we got Chevy Chase. All kinds of weird things happening. So we got dude Danny is catting for Chevy Chase, who's some sort of eccentric. He's young. At this time, I have no idea how old he is, but I'm he's, I'm guessing he's in his 30s. So he's not your typical country club guy. He's got the hair of a 54-year-old. 
It's going. <laughs> it looks okay when he's wearing his little hat, but it is. It's 1980, folks. I mean, 1980 is as close to Saturday Night Fever as Flashdance is to 1980. Oh, I have some notes about Saturday Night Fever later on. Okay, okay. Um, there are some there's some flared pants happening. There's lots there, of flared pants. There's a is, lot of colors. This was filmed in 79, probably. I mean, men of this era, as long as the hair was somewhere, you had hair. It was going out, didn't have to be much on top. It just needed to be voluminous somewhere. And he's got curls for days on the sides of his head. <laughs> and he's, they're talking about the test you take when you're a senior to see like what your yeah. aptitude is. Did you ever take one of those? Yeah, I did. Well, you had a weird magnet school. So, oh, no, oh, it's did. the ASVAB because I think it's required. It's like a military test. Okay, okay. What yeah. was your... I don't remember. Oh, really? I don't. No. I had like 20,000 matches. But the number one was missile silo operator. <laughs> we did have one girl in my senior class who was like honor student, whatever, you know, one of the top 20 students in our class. And she got one match and it was meter reader. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I remember being fine. I don't remember it being weird. I just don't remember what it is. Like, I really wish I did. It would be I really think- helpful right now. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like investigational oncology researcher was on my list of things that maybe you should do. Probably. Yeah, I don't remember at all. It was enough that the military called me. Whatever it was, it was analytical enough. They were like, are you sure? I took a scholarship from the Society of of Military Engineers (laughs) for one year. (laughs) Invited back. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I got to keep the Tennessee Grocer Association one. <laughs> you didn't have to do an annual bagging competition for it. I would have fucking won. I think I think I'd beat you. What? <laughs> Babe, I bagged for decades longer than you. It doesn't matter. Publix the Publix people are impressed when I bag my own groceries. They're like, ooh. I bagged until nine months ago. Since I was 13 years old, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. You I'm see, a healthcare wait. professional. I am a healthcare manager. I still had to bag. Oh, but I excellent unloading basket technique, and therefore... You, you build the walls, and you fill in the middle. I don't you know. do it quick. Sorry. All right. We've, 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 hit, a, we've hit a nerve. <laughs> so, yeah, I just My have... dad was a Kroger bagging champion. <laughs> National champion. I just have a weird list of Chevy Chase things. I was like, rich guy. He's like, you know, Danny, do you take drugs? And he's like, every day. Great. He doesn't remember his name at all. We see his nips. and So much armpit sweat. This is the beginning of There's the sweating so through shirts. Much. Then he's blindfolded and he's like, be the ball, be the ball. This weird I just like, feeling the flow, situation. doing the bull dance, working it. <laughs> Is this the origin of the Kevin Nealon character in Gilmore? It might be. He might be playing on this. Because then he's like, he's like, Danny, you try it. And then he's like, be the ball. He like, keeps talking. Exactly. It's 100%. I've seen Happy Gilmore 30 times and had no idea that Kevin Nealon was just being an ass and making fun of Chevy Chase. He probably was. And then we've got an eyes wide shut car pulling up. Some like Rolls Royce situation, and it's Ted Knight. Uh, I love Ted Knight. Where do you know Ted Knight from? Do you? I think he's in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just from IMDb. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything before. I've watched so much Mary Tyler Moore. Like, so, so, so much. I know she throws a hat, and she's not divorced. 
she's not divorced. It's important. It's really important <laughs> because everyone is like, if she's divorced, then she's divorced from Dick Van Dyke and we can't handle that. Right, right. Yeah. But no, so Sue Ann Niven, who is Betty White, who uh, uh. is the cooking show and is dirty as <laughs> Like... She well actually no Ted Knight is not in a relationship with with her. He's like the anchor. He's like the the really swarthy whatever news anchor. But Sue Ann Niven is hot for Ed Asner. <laughs> and he does not want any of it. It's so great. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, it's, I know it's not Ed L. Ed Begley Jr. but it's so good. Like that show is just Chef's Kiss. We need I don't know, maybe we need to throw it back. We need a catchy, kitschy name the name of the podcast but do a mary tyler Moore rewatch because some of the funniest moments in television i've ever seen has been on the minx feed is not going anywhere yeah y'all poor one out but and we have racist scottish caricature yeah like real quick only once really he never comes back he does not come back yeah i was like gopher like ted knight gopher bill murray is like guy like bill polishing Murray's, his balls watching middle-aged women play golf yeah, it's like they're using the ball washer you know simulating all the things really being hot for all the old ladies i was like nah this is why my mom probably did not <laughs> allow any bill murray stuff for a while that was so good i i thought it was hilarious <laughs> there's a bunch of middle-aged gray-haired ladies in skirts he's, he's just, like you know, I mean, got to get it where you can get it. <laughs> I mean, yes, queen. Like, like <laughs> what? I mean, and we're, we're talking about some ladies like in their 50s and like, boom. I mean, shit lover. In about hey, 12 years, no, no, you're going to be boom no, in your 50s. Don't say it. We're not, I am not claiming that at this moment in time. My 50s do not exist at this moment. We are, I said in 12 years. Nope, nope. Okay. It doesn't, nope. It doesn't exist at all at this moment. It is not out there. All right. All right. But yeah, he's he's in his weird voice phase where he's like got the weird like thing going on. Maybe he's chewing tobacco. Probably not. He's just... The lip thing is weird. <laughs> yeah. His mouth is asymmetrical in this it's film. It's really uncomfortable. But it's not the only time he does it because I'm pretty sure he does it in other characters in SNL. I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure it's where this comes from. Um, yeah. I he, feel like... I've read somewhere years ago that originally he was supposed to be none of his lines are written, that he was like a mute kind of Harpo Marx character mm. and that he was just talking on set and Harold Ramos was like, just run with it and see what happens. Like every his entire character is improv. I believe it. I would believe it if Chevy Chase was too. True. true. Because everything is just nonsense. <laughs> I, they're like, you need to kill all the gophers. Like, kill all the golfers. Like, won't I get in trouble? <laughs> He's like, I think they'll be missed. He's like, no one can understand you. <laughs> gophers, golfers, and Scottish. Who knows? But yeah. And then, then we've got Brian Doyle Murphy. I guess he's the manager of the he's caddies. So short and so cute and he's so skinny and smoking a cigarette. Like... He's precious, even though he's like... Rah, 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 rah. Well, he's not like... Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, like... He's a little. It's... Like all, like it's just like watching him smoke all those cigarettes. It's like, oh, you're gonna Burgess Meredith your voice. But I'm sure he was looking for it because he needed a distinctive quality. True, true. I he, mean, at this point, he's pretty generic at this point. Ish, retrospectively, like that guy's got it. You know, <laughs> is there somebody who can just look either grumpy or jolly, one hundred percent of the time, more than him? Probably, but I'd have to think about it. Because it's 50-50. He is 50-50 jolly or grumpy 
every time you look at him. Usually when he's playing a character, he's grumpy, and in real life, he's jolly. Yeah, he seems like a very nice man. (laughs) (laughs) He just seems like somebody I would want to hug. I'm sorry. I mean, and talk about a chupacabra with. (laughs) That's some real inside Bill Ingball shit, (laughs) y'all. If you know, you know. Jennifer Lawrence, you're welcome. Hashtag, if you know, you know. Yeah, so then just a little bit of back and forth of that. So, I mean, obviously, like, he's like, I got to run. Danny, you step in. So, like, Danny's obviously we're seeing he's recognized as, like, a superior caddy, kind of, like, upper echelon. Because he's getting ready to graduate from high school. And we have a real ragtag crew. Or maybe he's already graduated from high school. Because he kind of talks about his grades in past tense. So. Maybe this is summer. Maybe this is. Maybe. We're not to college yet. Maybe. That's not how applying for college really works this point in time. I don't know. This is If you don't know babe. two and a half years away from college, then you're fucked. But. I knew before Christmas break that I had gotten into college. That was such a good feeling because early decision, early whatever. So I've got kind of Bill Murray telling his weird Dalai Lama story. I don't... With the pitchfork that is like. He's going to kill this poking... dude. You can see the dimples in the yeah, neck. That is terrifying. Going to kill this dude. And he's like talking about like caddying for the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and he's like. So he kind of was going to stiff me, but he told me that I'd have, to- what is it? Total enlightenment Total on my enlight- deathbed yeah, or something. Yeah, and he's like, so I got that going for me. <laughs> I honestly kind of feel like Bill Murray might have achieved a level of zen total enlightenment on his deathbed. I feel like he and Harold Ramis squashed their beef. I feel like that was the stain on his soul, and he may achieve enlightenment. He might. He, he may just ascend. He might not die. I mean, he's, like, becoming one of those people that people meme about, like, I ran into Bill Murray at the airport, and it's, like, he said hi, and then we landed. I saw him again. He's, like, hey, dude, we made it. Like, <laughs> you know, he's, like, just becoming this guy. He's, like, photo- he has photobombed more engagement photos. I- Tom Hanks is a close second. <laughs> Where's their buddy movie in- where, oh, where is their grumpy old men? Or I want it. I want it right there. Let's write it and pitch it. <laughs> then we have 50 cents for a Coke. Yeah. And he's like pissed about it. I'm like, that's a good deal. Coke's 20 ounce Coke was 79 cents when I started my career. When I retired from my former career and started my new career, they were 219. That's some serious inflation. Yeah. It really is. Um, yeah, I've got smoking caddies. I've got... The caddy scholarship. The previous ca- scholarship winner choked on his own vomit. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good yeah. line from... Uh, what's it called? From uh, This is Spinal Tap, where it's like, choked on vomit. Like We're not sure if it was his or someone else's. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, first, but first we've got a fight over, and then we, we spill the gumball machine because he's like giving, he's giving him some lip, but he's behind, he's behind the cage because he's Danny's filling in for Brian Dole Murphy, and then he's got to come out and he's got to face, he's got to face dude. Uh, <laughs> there's a fight. That's when he says, you know, it breaks it up. You owe me a gumball machine. That's when he says the caddy, and he says, "Hey, you pick up that blood." <laughs> He says, pick up that blood, pick up that Kleenex, pick up that... Pick up that blood. Yeah, and they talk about the Caddy Scholarship being available. Then we meet Roddy Dangerfield. And he is just... Oh, before that, we have the locker room. Where the judge is being very racist 
Uh, well, I just glossed way over that. Because you have never, your sister's wedding, we were at the guy's. <laughs> That's right. You were. Yeah, it was at a golf course slash country club, and I was at the guy's locker room getting ready, and there was a full-on steam room and a full-on locker room, and there was this toilet, and there was just signs all around it saying, like, stay away, like, the devil lives here, <laughs> and it just constantly ran, and just the smell of a hundred years of cigars and steam room sweat and ass. It was, I've never smelled anything like it before or since. They were like trying to play billiards. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like trying to play billiards in the toilet, just like, in the background, just overflowing, draining into the floor drain. <laughs> so gross. All in our tuxedos. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's always it's always weird. Weddings you are got, weird. Your girls were just off in your little like frozen inspired winter ensembles oh. taking just adore like the best pictures of you and your sisters that have ever been taken. After after I told a bridesmaid to get out of the fucking chair, go help with decorations, and my mother was gonna get her hair done. <laughs> I got nasty. <laughs> so those photos came at a price. <laughs> There was oh. other things happening in the ladies' rooms. <laughs> Babe, you've had to be the adult too many times. All the time. All the time. Okay, now I said, I am laughing at Rodney Dangerfield, and then his man is the worst Japanese caricature I've ever seen. It really is. And then he is. just disappears. He just disappears. He's just got a crew. He's like, got a camera and thick glasses. Like, if he had buck teeth. This his name be, is Wang. I mean. Yeah. So, like, first of all, Rodney Dangerfield has... Johnny Dangerously, that's the name of the movie that Rodney Dangerfield is in that I'm aware of that Rod- we watched. Johnny, is that Michael Keaton? I don't know now. Never mind. Forget okay. it. He, maybe it's Michael Keaton. That movie exists. Anyway, we watched that and it was probably not appropriate. But anyway, he's wearing a sweater now that probably the early 90s people would joke about and say bad things that they're not joking about now because we're too busy being racist to be homophobic. Oh. But... He's flamboyant, for sure, throughout this entire movie. Even more flamboyant than people at golf clubs who are known for being just just real snazzy dressers. He's just loud. He's just loud and obnoxious. He's loud and proud. He's got money, and he, but he doesn't have quote-unquote clubs. Because, like, the judge, we get to later, is throwing away, like, 50-cent tips here and there. And he's just, like, just, like... Have money. He's like, uh, great. Here's some money. Here's some money. Here's some money. Sorry. Well done. Well done. That was a nice impression. As an impression of your dad doing Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> judge, though, like, why does the judge have an office at the club? Like, he's not the owner of the club. Like, what is he to this club? I mean, he and Chevy Chase's dad founded the club, he says. I guess. Or, I don't know. Something. Yeah. But still, that doesn't seem like you own the club. I mean, be board of directors. But he feels like he very has, like, judges' chambers at the club. It does. It does. Yes. Right. So, yes. He's like, my friend gets all the things he wants. Give him this hat. Oh, this hat's atrocious. Who'd buy this hat? Ooh, you'd have a judge. Sorry. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, oh, I'll take some balls out of there. Give me, give me six of those. Give me twelve of those. It's like, like, oh, this hat. Like, what, what kind of idiot would wear a hat like this? You look like a dumbass. It's like, oh, oh, like, oh, oh, all right, looks great on you. Yeah. So he outfits Wang in all the attire. Then we've got the judge, the doctor, and the bishop on the golf course. <laughs> the joke writes itself. I mean, and it's, his name in the credits is Doctor Beeper. Because he definitely has a 1980s pager that electrocutes him at one point. Yeah, it does. And he's constantly like calling in. They're like, oh, yeah, tell him to wait. Everybody, and I have this note later, like everybody just lives at this club. Yes. And so we have the judge's grandson. Named Spaulding. Spaulding. Who is like in the background screaming double turn and double fart (laughs) as he's not being able to hit things. Yes. There's a lot of background stuff that's happening that is just not a single moment or space of film is wasted in this movie no no we have the judge's niece is she a niece either a niece or a hot granddaughter i don't know i don't know i feel like it was a niece okay yes. miss cindy morgan r.i.p oh sorry she she was the one that she's why we even talked about this oh really yeah, she passed away last week oh okay okay got it got it got it yeah so she's like the hot the, the token hot chick in this movie like she's from Manhattan. I said, there's no bras in Manhattan. You're like, that's not the only nipples happening. So, no, like, everybody's nipples are on display in this movie. There is no, yeah. We do not, uh, yeah. No, discer- do- no discernment, no, ju- no, yeah. No, I can't think of. It's a D word. Discrimination? No, yes, no discrimination. Yes, everybody's nipples and sweat stains are equally on display. Yeah, there was. Like, n- no shirt is not seen through. No. Every, like, they're like they were actually filming this in a hot location and they were just like just roll with it just roll with it nice thing i have is rodney dangerfield hits the judge in the balls he's got a real like high-tech bag that oh, has, yeah, it's like has his remote control it's like shooting things out right then he's got a radio and we're playing journey any way you want it yeah <laughs> and then he's got a keg also <laughs> And it and yes, of course, he, yeah, he hits he hits Ted Knight in the balls, and he's just becoming. He says like, "I yelled four. I should have yelled two. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's such a lowbrow joke. All of it's lowbrow, but it's just it's, under Ted Knight's craw, like all of it. Lowbrow works in certain circumstances. Does I mean, am I wrong? No, it works. Uh, like. Even the good guy says, for an Italian, carrying a golf bag is skilled labor. Oh, man. Man, man, man. Then next thing we know, we're going to the to the snack bar. And I just noted a hot or a, a hamburger was $1.50. A cheeseburger was $1.25 or $1.75. 25 cents for a slice of cheese. My mother would start turning over furniture. I mean, I, mean, I think that's pretty standard. The 25 cent increase for cheese. My mother would bring cheese in her purse to McDonald's on Wednesday night because normally it was 59 cents for a hamburger, 69 cents for a cheeseburger. But on Wednesday night, it was 25 cents for a hamburger, but 69 cents for a cheeseburger. And that's before church. So she would bring packet uh, slices of cheese in, in her purse because she was not paying whatever 40 something cents for cheese. Understood. But cheese purse is not the same as cheese that's placed on the burger originally. True, true. It just doesn't I melt feel like the same. At Shoney's cheese was a dollar. Oh, but and I- so we would go after church to Shoney's a lot. But so she would have had cheese in her purse from 
before Sunday school. We got Sunday school church and then go to Shoney's and the cheese is still in her purse. It was American cheese. That's yeah. not real cheese. Oh no, true, 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 true. It's, it's probably would still be fine. We could probably be fine dig through right now. If she has some old purses we could go through. <laughs> I miss you, Mom. But <laughs> I feel like we've gotten rid of most of them. But if we found my, one, I'm pretty cheese sure I've heard stories that my grandmother bringing her own slices of tomato. <laughs> Your grandmother bring her own vodka, but <laughs> that different grandma. Okay. Different grandmother. Yeah, have classy ones on all sides. They're the best. Broads, all of them. <laughs> um. So, oh, but I have Bill Murray bringing all of the the phallic imagery because he's pulling a hose. It's in between his legs yes, and 100%. dangling down as he is looking to maybe potentially flood the gopher out. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's like Tim... Oh, and then Ted Knight just loses his shit, and he throws his club into the crowd. Like, instead of, you know, throwing it out, he actively throws it in the crowd and knocks this lady over. And Danny, the the caddy, like, vouches for him. And so he's like, all right, you know, maybe you're okay. Maybe we can talk about the scholarship, and here's your 50-cent tip. And then we are at we're – about we're talking about the caddy tournament. Yes, yes. Which, I don't feel like the caddy tournament goes anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it just happens. It, it's, it should be more of a pivotal thing. We have two tournaments that happen. Right. I'd say, like, typically in one of these types of movies, you got one one thing we're working up towards, and we have two. Like, if somebody wins, we're going to go whatever. Like, no, like, we have a caddy tournament. I'm not even sure we find out the answer of who won. And, like, the main bet where it's, like, it's kind of a tie. Kind of. Yeah. Like, I don't really think that – I think it is a tie because you got two people playing at the very end to miss the shot to get it. Like, I think that's a tie, right? But, I mean, I think at this point where we see that the judge tips him 50 cents for caddying. And then Rodney is, like, tipping the band at the event next. He's just, like, making it rain at the band. Like, like play something snappy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the impressions, guys. They're going to be rampant. Right. And, like, looking at the, like, the guy who's like, oh, I got this jacket from whatever, whatever. Like, the great golfer or whatever. Like, oh, he looks like Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> right. But even before this, we've got Bill Murray talking to himself in his quarters Talking about how he's going to destroy this gopher with the gun. I'm pretty sure that shot JFK that has a flashlight attached to it. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's when I've seen bones and they think that they have the bones of JFK and they're quarantined and they have one of those guns. That's the gun that that Booth uses to attempt to recreate it to see if the the shots are capable. Was that from like a magazine, like a mail order gun? I don't know. I mean... I feel I feel like it was. I feel like I mean, guns are pretty easy to get at that time. Right. I mean, read some Playboys at this time, and they are like, "Send ten dollars, and we'll send you a gun." And I kind of feel like that might have been a thing. It's very possible, but that's not that scandalous. I mean, I think it just is what it was. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, how you, that's how you got guns. That's how you got a gun. How you got right. a rifle. But yeah, so yeah, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Captain Hook," and he's just riffing hard in this scene on everything. I have trouble. I was really struck. I mean. I feel like we're going to get enough for a show here. Mm-hmm. I was worried we weren't because he was just like, I was like watching Rodney Dangerfield just riff, 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 riff. Yeah, riff, I mean, riff. I can't really pull that many lines because there's so He's many that it going. is like fire, 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 fire. I mean, the next thing I have is, why is she so Irish? The next thing I have is if this bush has ears. 
I do have that. I do have that. Yes, I like pay no attention to this bush unless this bush grows ears. <laughs> yeah, so you are a stupid's apologist. I am. I appreciate the concept of the stupid's being one of the worst movies ever to set up a two minute joke that was hilarious, but is it worth 90 minutes for a two minute joke? We're still talking about it right now. <laughs> I mean, we are. The stupids, it landed. The stupids is like grown or uh, role models. <laughs> but we still talk about I it. I know. I know. Like, role works. models. The last 20 minutes is the best 20 minutes of film <laughs> in the last 30 years. But getting there is a chore. I and don't know. Stupids is that, but more. But also, I have a little bit like I read those books as a kid. Okay. So I have a little bit. They a little bit of fondness for them but no we're still talking about it now it plays <laughs> the joke plays during the uh the rifle scene i believe that bill murray says varmint poontang a lot <laughs> i mean he's making a lot of vietnam references is he trying to say that poontang is a vietnam reference because he's making a lot of i don't know i'm not sure what he's trying to say i don't know but we go back to the rich people and Chevy Chase is totally being a horn dog. He's like sticking his tongue out and grabbing his crotch. And like every time a woman walks by. Well, that's what he is. That is Chevy Chase to his core. Like he, he can't deny it. But as I have like people just live at this club. Like they spend all day golfing and then they're at the dinner at dinner in Texas. I feel like Texas. I know people this age that do this. Like all day? Yeah. I mean. It's just like what they do is they go to the country club. I mean, but do they go home and shower? Like, I have no, so many shower questions. And wear their tux? It's, I don't know. I have just so many questions. And then Rodden Dangerfield orders bullshot cocktails, which we might have to have for going deep. Really? I mean, isn't that, Is beef, that beef broth? Beef broth, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have to. We will. Um, there's, I mean, she's like, there's so much smoking. Oh my goodness. We have Chevy talking to our girl. Ms. Uh, Cindy Morgan, she says she's into skinny skiing, which I guess is like skiing nude. Is that skinny dipping? Is I, that what she's trying? I, I to think that's what she's trying to say. But they're Bull also both on acid and like, I like your tie. Maybe you should tie me up. I also think that she I feel like Chevy Chase give her gave her those lines. Like those are things that he would say, <laughs> but they come across as differently with her saying them because they just he doesn't mumble them like nonsense. <laughs> And then we have the kid drinking all the old drinks. Have you ever been at a wedding where some kid is drinking like all the half drunk drinks? I mean, I haven't been to many weddings where there's been alcohol, <laughs> except for us as adults. So I don't know. I haven't paid attention. I had like one of my cousin's weddings. There was a kid just walking around like just drinking all the half drunk drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Nice. And then I think I have this like maybe back at the golf course the next day because then I've got Bill Murray back into old ladies. I've got Chevy Chase as some sort of golf zen savant. That's, is this where the no 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 I know it's six million dollar man. Like when he jumped, like no 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 no. Was that a joke? Because this is nineteen eighty. Right. So is this kind of the origin of aping on that? I don't know if it's the origin that people are doing it. I'm certain there was an SNL. There's been an SNL sketch that okay. had that. I, I just don't know. I, there had to have been. That just seems so pop culture. And then the next thing I have is that the bra and button budget of this all went to cigarettes. Because there are so <laughs> many people with things unbuttoned all the way to their navel. Are you talking <laughs> so about the, cat, the caddy at the caddy tournament who looks like he's 
auditioning for Saturday Night Fever. Yes, he has his unbuttoned to the navel and like he is black a cigarette. trousers, wide leg black trousers, black pants. Like he's does not look like a golfer at all. I mean, I know his name is like Denunzio. Denuz- this thing I have is released in eighty, so much seventies. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, people people don't let go. It just it is barely. It's nineteen eighty. They just counted down on that seventies show. And we're barely there. Right. We are as close to Saturday Night Fever as we are to Tootsie, Flashdance, and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing I have is the pool scene. Right. Yeah. Caddy pool day. Well, we have, I mean, Danny and Mag- Maggie have sex. Like, after the caddy okay, tournament, okay, yeah. they have sex. The whitest and biggest panties you've ever she seen. She has some white-ass <laughs> underwear, yes. And, Her, like... He has some white-ass underwear a little later, too. He does. He does. It's not as big as hers. And, like, Denunzio's, like, trying to look in the window. Like, what is this shack? Like, does she live there? What is, <laughs> is this? Is that the caddy shack? Oh, my gosh. Maybe it is. Like, But it's, like, this tiny little tea tiny house. What is the caddy shack? I is that where Bill Murray lives? Is that I don't know. Is he? I mean, he talks about being an old caddy. He's no longer a caddy. That's like, true. He's like assistant groundskeeper or whatever. I don't know. He's got a six-year plan. <laughs> to be the head groundskeeper. <laughs> Probably not after he blows the fuck out. Probably not. He, like, sneaks away. <laughs> he's sneaking away. And this is so good. <laughs> 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 But yeah, so they have sex and like he's like, he was like hopping up like a weird gopher like in the window and he's like pulling the blinds down. So yeah, then we're back at Caddy Pool Day, which is from one o'clock to one fifteen. I love. They that. have fifteen minutes and it is fucking pandemonium. They just take over the pool. Like we have somebody ripping off somebody's shorts. He's got nothing but. A- do I need an athletic supporter now that I'm going to be a karate master? Uh, I don't know. We can talk about this later. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How many did you did your parents ever have membership to anything like this or did you have like rich kid friends who had memberships to things like this? I guess you had said you had like your neighbor who was like always taking you to the sauna. Yeah, there was like a athletic club or whatever in Antioch. Uh, I forget what it was called, but yeah, she like would go and it was there was a sauna and the steam room and she was always like half naked and like her new husband who reminded me of Woody Harrelson I remember watching Elvira at their house and him talking about how hot she was. There's a lot of weirdness there. Thank you for getting me Cassandra Peterson's autobiography. You're welcome. For Christmas. That was lovely. You're welcome. I would go with friends. Like there was a pool at Tusculum on like Nolensville Road in like Tusculum area, which was not exclusive. But that's about it. Like, Uh, no, it didn't have like a access to a fancy pool. Kind of. There was a pool that had, like, there was two pools. One of them had a high dive. One of them had, like, lanes where you could do laps. And then there was a tennis club about halfway between my house and church. And, like, all the rich kids lived in that neighborhood. And, like, the sort of rich kids in my neighborhood had memberships, Langford Farms. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah so there was there was that, you know, that I'd been I mean- to six or eight times, maybe, like, with, with a guest pass. I actually did my Boy Scouts uh, Scout Level 2. That's I don't think it's Scout Level 2. But but your swimming badge or whatever. You need <laughs> to exactly. I got my swimming badge there in February. That sucks. <laughs> it was so cold. I mean, I swam competitively, and we all of our, mat, our meets were like in outdoor pools in the winter. All of them. All of them were. I felt really bad for all the dudes. Like, I feel bad <laughs> for them retrospectively. I mean, I wasn't interested in 
didn't have any really concept of what a cold pool was going to be doing to them in their little speedos. But like now I was like, oh, that probably had to suck for them. But but yeah, a ton of that. I mean, that was all like YMCA pools, though. Um, then we have the caddies doing synchronized swimming, and it's fantastic. <laughs> like, where did that come from? It, it's just, you know, some crazy weird bit. I'm sure they, like, workshopped it and were like, this is hilarious. Then we have the baby Ruth in the pool. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Like Jaws level. That was great. We go to Mexico every year. We've never seen them drain the pool. No. Is everything just great? And nobody has broken any glass or nobody's duked in the pool. Or if that happens, they just keep it real on the down low. I don't know. But, I mean, they don't. Because we get HOA when our pool, somebody dukes it at her broken glass. <laughs> they get a notice. I get a notice in my email and it's closed for like three days. I don't know. So I don't know like what happens in Mexico. I'm not sure. I don't know what the rules are. But, I mean, I feel like they try really hard to not have glass around the pool. True, true. And there is a restaurant that hangs over the pool if you were getting really rowdy. But, <laughs> yeah, but then Bill Murray's like, I found it. He's like, no, it's all good. And he eats it. And, and Ted Knight's wife faints. I mean, we do have, like, topless chicken fights. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Before, yeah. All, it's just full pandemonium. pandemonium. I mean, like, the lifeguard tower goes into the pool. Like, everything is I was listening to a guy do a bit on, what is it, uh, Don't Tell Comedy about chicken fights. It's basically that it's, like, fat guys with crotch on neck hoping that somebody will whip a titty out. It's, <laughs> like, the whole point of a chicken fight. I guess probably so. I don't think I've ever done one. <laughs> I've done many a chicken fight. I never thought about it that way, but like in retrospect, <laughs> I see what he's saying. Like, I like, can't disagree. <laughs> like barely clothed with crotch on neck. Like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a real stretch, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess any contact is contact, right? You're right. It's not wrong. Yeah. You're right. Yes. So then we've got hot girl going over to Chevy Chase's house. I was like, In a yellow. I was like, of course, it's a Mercedes. Mercedes. So of course, she's driving a yellow car. With her top that is everything, her pants that are everything. It's I mean, so 70s. Like she, That outfit is, yeah, Julie Andrews would have rocked that in seven. Ten. Ten. Sorry. <laughs> In the 70s. Sorry. The 70s on ten. Yes. yes. Absolutely. So much wood paneling. His, he has like seven different Chinese shades. She was like, "Who? who's your decorator, Benny Hanna? She calls him out because he's supposed he's to be- He's got a rich, compound bow on his this couch. This rich guy, and he's just like, it's, the house is weird. It's really tacky. He's got, you know, old pizza, old Perrier bottles. Like, he's like- Filling up a Perrier bottle with old Perrier bottles. That huge round window. Like my grandparents had that at their house. It's so wacky. Like, I mean, I guess it's supposed to make him seem eccentric. I'm not sure, but. He asked her if she would like a tuna colada. He does. Yeah. There's like all kinds of stuff about a lot of weird wordplay, Vietnam. Oh, like, yeah. She, he's like, brought all this back from Vietnam. Like, oh, you were at Vietnam? And like, no, homo, but I'm better now. I, that has not aged well. Yeah, but I don't even know what he's saying. I, I, don't I think, think he's I... saying I couldn't go to Vietnam because I said I was gay, but I'm better now. Oh, okay. Okay. I, All I right. feel like Harold Ramis has a weird thing about gay and army because isn't that in stripes like we're not homosexuals, but we're willing to learn. Yeah, I think that was probably 
pretty prevalent, like, at the time. I mean... It was probably funny in the 80s. But, but it... I mean, but probably... I mean, like, for a real, like, not funny moment, being drafted to Vietnam was probably a horrific, terrible, scary thing. True, true, true. So, I don't know. People probably did things they thought were desperate. And at the time, I think that was considered a less a level of desperation. It's not. It's not pretty. It's not attractive. It doesn't make anybody look good. It's unfunny. But I think that that was a real thing that people did. And you know. And so he's making a commentary about it and making it funny now because people were scared. But anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> then he's playing the keyboard and singing weird songs, and they're taking tequila shots. But then he doesn't really. He snorts it. And he like throws it over his shoulder, like. Have you ever done, like, the salt tequila lime thing? Yeah. I I feel like I've done that maybe three times. I think we did it together at that weird Italian place with the karaoke. We might have. I'm pretty sure we did. I think we drink tequila now that, like, should be savored. (laughs) If you're going to. I mean, I'm not a fan of tequila like that, but... I feel like the tequila we drink is something that you're supposed to sip slowly and, like, listen to a record and think about. I don't feel feel like it's... Um, I mean, my friends who, when they get to that point of drunk and want shots, it's never tequila shots. That's not their jam. It's usually lemon drops or, or Jägermeister. I'd rather it be tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be more respectable. I need to go buy a bottle of Jägermeister. I feel like I could make it work in a cocktail. All right. I feel like that's Challenge. a thing people are doing. It probably is. It's so thick. It's icky. That's why you shake it with ice and other things. No, when it gets colder, it gets thicker. (laughs) I think it's like a sludge. I don't know. That's just my remembrance of it. But also, I've never had Jaeger where I was happy about it. (laughs) It was like, we're doing this. Yay. I mean, I've had Jaegermeister one time at a bachelor party, and everybody was like, oh, my goodness, you drank almost the entire bottle of Jaegermeister. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, is that a problem? <laughs> like, it was, it was kind of sweet. It was, like, was the, oh, that was the alcohol content? Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, I kind of lumped that and Goldschlager and... Oh, I've Southern, had Goldschlager one... Southern Comfort. I've had Goldschlager one time, and I had about two-thirds of a bottle of it and ended up driving around in a golf cart with a bald woman, a abandoned mini golf course. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> Sounds like exactly what should happen after drinking three quarters of a bottle of Goldschlager. Yeah, it feels like a real fever dream. I mean, shout out to mythical chef Josh, who says that anytime you put gold in food or drink, it's basically just a way for rich white people to poop gold. I just remember. Do you want to meet him? Because like they're coming. Oh, they are. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I feel like there was some sort of like weird urban legend of like it was in there to like you a little bit so the alcohol would would like hit you more i feel like that was always the thing with like menthol uh like or wintergreen skull or something or like, or like had like <laughs> fiberglass in it yes, i've heard that too <laughs> vice urban legends <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Nashville. <laughs> Guys, Certainly at a Nashville party. <laughs> it hasn't always been Keith Urban, Jason Aldean kind of place. I mean, I'm sorry. We were we were Kid Rock before Kid Rock. Okay, Kid Rock go fuck himself. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we still got a lot to get. I grew up in some Morgan Whalen shit. <laughs> 
We, I'm pretty sure we have some naked flipping sliding. Chevy Chase naked in a pool with a lady with a lady again. He likes it. That's in his contract. <laughs> then we have so much massage oil. So much. <laughs> it's not even he, massage oil. It's just baby oil. Just baby oil. Then he slips off of her, which is funny. It's, like, she's like, you're crazy. Like, that's what they said about the son of Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's like, cool. That's exactly the kind of thing he would think is funny. I think that's why, like, he only had one season on SNL. Nobody liked him. <laughs> and she says, kiss me, you fool. She does. And that, I have heard that before. I used to have a game that I downloaded in, like, 1993. That was, it was pipe dream. Like, you have to, like, line up all the pipes so the thing can flow from one to the other. And if you won, it would give you a, like, PG-13 picture of a girl from, like, probably Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, but, like, very pixelated. And if you didn't, like, it was game over. And that would, like, be, kiss me. It was that soundtrack. <laughs> oh, was it? Yes. Wow. Okay. That is, I have not thought about that in 30 years. There you go. Then we're yachting. And we're yachting in like a small pool. There's yachts. There's jet skis. There's like so many vehicles in a really small period of space. Because we're yachting because Ted Knight has told Danny, hey, you should come. Like he's won the caddy, whatever. Yeah, you should definitely get the scholarship. You should come to my house. I'm christening my sleuth but well first he's like oh are you a roman catholic oh you can't come if you're a roman catholic no that's what the reverend says about coming to going okay, to being the priesthood okay because he's trying to relate to every single person on the team gotcha gotcha but after he wins he's like oh he's like i'm christening my sleuth are you doing anything and he's like no i'm free he's like you should come mow my lawn i thought a college man would want a couple extra bucks then you should come to the party so he comes and he's like totally looks like Joey coming in, uh, <laughs> launching Mr. Beaumont. I just, you know, I mean, all my life I've been reading books by Herman Melville and Jack London, and the sea has always called to me. So I love the concept of, like, you christening my boat with champagne, but... Well, his wife does it and ruins the mask. Yeah. It just breaks right off. I thought she was going to actually sink the boat with it, but... <laughs> oh, no, Rodney Danger oh, yeah. told he, us he here to do that. that. Because he's got his big-ass boat. Right. He's like, it's my buddy. <laughs> its name is Seafood. I saw that, but I didn't. I saw it and clocked it, but didn't. At the oh, same what time. that? The Hell's Angels of the Sea? It's like a bunch of people <laughs> on stand-up jet skis, which that's the only jet ski. Sorry. Like, if you're, like, on a Sea-Doo sitting down, that's not a jet ski. Right. I think that's that a is personal a, watercraft. It is a technical thing. Um, but yeah, so like he hits everyone and everything trying to get to Ted Knight on this boat that he, he then eventually sinks. Finally, barely stops. And then like, I'm going to drop my anchor and then drop the anchor straight through the boat. Exactly. Lacey, our hot girl, is kind of been flirting with Danny, our caddy. I said, is this going to be a problem? That she's like sleeping with him and Chevy Chase? It doesn't seem to be. <laughs> no, it seems like everything just turns out okay. Yeah. I mean, he thinks he thinks he's ruined his life. She's like doing a palm reading, and she's like, "Oh, you're gonna be rich either from the market or game show." Oh, here's your saliva line. Like, yeah, like yeah. Ugh, gross. And then they go back. They go back to Ted Knight's house into Ted Knight's bedroom, and they're having sex. There's like lots of center chest licking in this. There's a lot. Like, like, like they like they go back, they keep and, it, like, forth. back and forth. Yes, like, up, they do. Like, who's on top? And 
Everybody's just like licking like sternums. I, I don't know. They're just you, like. You don't hate a sternum lick, but. No, but I feel like there's some sort of rating. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is where we got to keep it. <laughs> we want to have as much contact as possible, but only from here to here. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> Harold Rose is like, a lick again? It's like <laughs> off camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's got one of those, like, bullhorn yeah, things. He's like, can you lick it from this angle? And Bulmer is like... a huge fro. Bulmer is like... Sitting in one of those old school director's chairs with the hat. And- yes, yes, yes. So then, you know, Ted Knight and his wife come back and he's pissed. There's some old people showing up for tea. They come up and they go to their separate bedrooms, but they have a Jack and Jill bathroom. Right. And of course, they're in Ted Knight's bed- bedroom and they get caught and he's like swinging a golf club around. Like, his- Here's Johnny. And he's got his jockey shorts that like the height of fashion of the time. Can you ever imagine a world where like white cotton jockey shorts ever are a thing for men's underwear again? The new Calvin Klein ad with the guy from the bear really might do it <laughs> right really? now. Think- we might be on the brink of that right now. <laughs> if Justin Bieber couldn't do it. I don't know. Everybody really likes this dude. <laughs> People are talking about this ad pretty really? heavily. I, this, okay, I'm just hearing about yes. it. Yes. I'm I'm all on Ariana Grande doing like Vogue 2.0. Yeah. It might be it might be in the height of fashion at the moment we are recording. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he destroys his own bedroom with the golf club and dude runs into the bathroom and wife is like, Can you loofah me? And she and he's like, Ugh and she's like, Ooh and he runs out and old lady downstairs is like, I thought we were having tea and they knock the butler down and the tea falls out. She's like, I guess there's our tea. And he runs away. And then he's at the club sleeping and Maggie runs up and she's upset and he's upset because he thinks he's ruined his future. This is the biggest MacGuffin since Greece. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, agreed. He's pregnant. Oh, actually not. I mean, that's the thing. I'm sure at that age, that's that's that, you know. But like, he's all like, okay, uh, all right. Cool, we'll handle it. Yeah. We'll handle it. We're together. And she's like, no. I, I've already well, I've already decided I'm keeping it, but it might not be yours. He's like, okay, but I'll marry you. And then Brian Doyle Murphy's like, you're a good kid. Pick that Kleenex up. <laughs> then we have Bill Murray hitting the flowers. The one scene from this movie that I've seen before. Okay. Love that. This had to be one take, though, because surely they would not have, like, redressed that set and put new flowers in. Probably and, not. So he's just, it's one shot. Maybe two minutes long? Maybe. Yeah, he's just going. I mean, obviously, like, what is his fucking backstory? He's been to war, and he's been a caddy, and he has not survived either. <laughs> I don't know what damaged him more. So then the, the reverend or bishop or whatever he is shows up. We got a storm of brewing, and he shows up, and he's like, I want to hit nine nine holes before this storm comes in, and Bill Murray's like, Okay. <laughs> he starts caddying. Like, we've, is, is he a caddy? I don't know. He talks about being caddy for the Dalai Lama. Right. But, like, he hasn't, he's like, assistant groundskeeper now. But, but he, I think he was a caddy back in the day. Like, he's down in his core. He's a caddy. And he's caddying for, and like. He's having the best game of his life. And it's pouring. It's like, he's like, I'm sure the bad stuff's not coming yet. It's like, 
It's just they're soaked. The rain is like, I think that, you know, maybe we need to we need to head in. He's like, God's not going to ruin the best game of my life. And then he misses a putt and he gets struck by lightning. And then Carl, Bill Murray, just like, like, just like he just it moonwalks away. <laughs> it leaves dude maybe dead on the ground. He just drops the bag and goes. It's so good. Then I wrote, oh, dirty dancing pregnant stuff. So I must, we must be a little out of. <laughs> it's fine. We're good. She's like in a nightgown on the course. And like, I was like, what is happening? And a white nightgown, like a white nightgown. Like my mother told my grandmother that I wanted something white, like, like whatever. And I did like something pretty or whatever. And that's basically what she bought me. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> what is then we have the meeting between Danny and the judge. Yes. And the lamp. <laughs> They're both like looking around. It's so good. It's the best. It might be the best physical comedy. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, like what is even happening right now? It's so silly. It's so silly. And he knocks the lamp out of the way. And basically it's like, my niece is a whore. If you'd keep this quiet, that would be good. And I said like, oh, D- Danny. Danny, that's his name. <laughs> we haven't really established what his name is before now. We have. Every time that Chevy Chase screws it up, he uses his name different every single time. Let's get a fresca. Did he say that? Yes. I, I love a fresca. I do love a fresca. Is, is a fresca in 1980 we know is a fresca? I like think a that's when it, right when it came out. Something? Yeah. But he's like, he's like, you can be one of two things. You There can be goodness or badness. I was like. This is real articulate. Now we're at the bar and never ask a Navy man if he'll have another drink. <laughs> like, you're a bishop. Right. Like, there is no God. He's like got a beard. He's disheveled. He looks like he just rolled off of the golf course being struck by lightning. And this has ruined his faith. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, this thing is just off the rails in all the best ways. Is just it? like our podcast right now. <laughs> we're five minutes This in. is where we get Rodney Dangerfield like, saying, I get, I get no, no respect. respect. <laughs> Here it is. This far into the movie. <laughs> he says it. And Chevy Chase is pouring J&B scotch. I want to try this. I've never tried J&B scotch. There's some people on the internet find it, you know, really good for a, you know, not age statement, not single malt scotch. But my store only carries it in, like, the two-gallon version. (laughs) Well, he's like, I'm going to challenge you to a game. He's like, let's, like, we're fighting because Ted Knight's lost his shit. He's like, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. And it's like, let's go to your office. Let's go to Chambers. He's got a bar in his Chambers. Chevy Chase is playing bartender. And... You know, he's like, let me talk to you. He's like, let me talk to you privately. And he's like, I'm still behind the bar. And Ted Knight's like way over here. He's like, come back over here. And he's like, our father, you know, your father and me, we did this together. And he's like, he's like, because Riley Daniels, they want to do, he wants a big bet, $20,000 to play. He wants Ty on his team. Ty is Chevy Chase, which is a weird name for 1980. I don't think it plays. What, but Chevy, what is, what is his deal on this movie? Who I is I don't he? know. I don't know. Keep thinking he's, I mean, he's going to come across, he's going to be a fraud. But if it's. I keep thinking, like, there's going to be some important lesson we learn from him. Like, yes, he's rich, he grew up, but he's actually a friend of the common man. Or, no, no he's, he's, just, 
he's just he gets into the end of this and he just chokes like he's supposed to be this zen master like he like is awesome at golf because he's so channeled and he fucks it up what is his last line in the movie like like no pressure like but if you miss this putt we lose yeah <laughs> that's like his last line in the film yeah there's no where, yeah. He has no arc. He has no... Nothing. He's just this weird, bumbling, mumbling, kind of handsome person. Keanu Reeves would die to play this character today. Some, you know, a monk of sort in just a world that doesn't need a Buddhist monk. Yeah, he just doesn't do it well. Like I think he was just supposed to be the not old guy in this movie. Like, not the teenager, but not the middle-aged guy. I- don't get it but i love it it's so weird so yeah we're gonna have some sort of duel via a golf match and of course ted knight's gonna have his doctor partner and but he wants to be with ty because ty is like a ringer and he's like you you like my dad your dad and me we're friends he's like my dad hated you i'm gonna go with ronnie Dangerfield, and let's make it forty thousand. like like all right we're on and so we're setting up, we got this big whatever, and then we got all kinds, of, Brian Doyle Murphy's going to be the the referee. And we got Bill Murray making plastic explosives shaped like animals. Shaped like animals. Oh, yeah. And we've got like the poor little gopher like seeing this happen. And he's just like, ah! like he's terrified. <laughs> he's it's, so cute. He's so cute. I did not expect to like him. I thought it was going to be a cheap ploy for our hearts. And it worked. It worked for me. Yeah, so we have all of these things coming to a head. We've got this big challenge, and Danny's in the mix of it. Like he's he wants to get the scholarship, but his he's been the caddy for Ty all this time, and we're in the challenge. And you know, the judges said you're going to be my caddy. Or oh, we're going the night before that though. Where Chevy Chase is getting a little nervous and he's playing golf and he like oh oh the, yeah whacks the ball through Bill Murray's window. And they have a weird conversation. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Is that a jug of white wine and a artificial marijuana and yes. it's called a cannonball? Is that that is a white wine? Yeah. I'm such a square. I'm sorry, people. I think he's calling a cannonball like taking a hit and doing I think it's like a jug of like gallo. <laughs> That's my guess. Okay. But yeah, like it's some sort of turf he's created that also can get you high. <laughs> I mean square here but not a bad idea i mean dual purpose like but- water friendly and could work on a golf course and then as a byproduct i mean i mean things. sure but he's like you know he's like oh is that your ball that went through my window he's like yeah he's like oh here it is like can i play through can you give me a drop like he's like tell me what your official ruling is like can you like open up your uh your curtain so i can hit it through the other window <laughs> i bill murray has like pinups of golf players oh really i would have thought they would have been like ladies or stuff I don't know. Like it seems like he has some sort of missed opportunity as a golf pro. But then he's like, you know what you should do is you pull that knife, like cut his hamstring when he tries to go over swing like one leg, like he won't be able to push off with a cut hamstring. This and then then we play back into our like, you know, Vietnam mercenary potential. Yeah. Like we got some real back and forth with Bill like, Murray. They're buddies for life. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, then we're there at the course, like it's all on. Everybody knows. We had a lot of side bets that are starting to happen. Rodney Dangerfield drives onto the course and like in with the steering wheel on the wrong side. Yeah. And Ted Knight, you have to get off. Like, you have to get off here. He's like, you need to put that steering wheel on the right side and get off this course. <laughs> and yeah, and, and 
Tootie's is like, oops, sorry. And he like slams his door, his car, slams his hand in the car door. Like he's just starting to fuck up major. And in the background, we have Bill Murray setting up his bombs. The sound of that wire spool of the detonation wire unraveling is just such a, I don't know, the kind of movies that I've watched, that is a a very familiar sound. (laughs) Yeah, so he's got all these plastic explosions that look like woodland creatures <laughs> to fool the gopher to think it's his friends. And the gopher's like, mm. and then he goes up and like taps them, like tap, tap, tap. And he's like, mm. <laughs> I think you're portraying a, putting a little bit of our cats on that. It's a lot like our cats. <laughs> but so, yeah, we're going through. Everybody's, everybody's playing bad games. Like, you know, nobody's playing that well. And then. Rodney Dangerfield, like, gets hit with his own ball. It bounces off something. He's like, oh, like, I get, oh, I've got to be disqualified. And the doctor's like, oh, I think it might be a fracture. He's like, oh, I can't play through. He's like, oh, then you forfeit. It's like, no. Put the kid in the game. And they're like, yeah, he's like, you use my grandson Spalding. It's like, think we get to pick our own substitute. He's like, we want Danny. And Danny's, so it's a decision for Danny. Is he going to play this? And Rodney Dangerfield, you know, is like, we win. I'll make it worth your while. Which, (laughs) I thought I'd be turned on by you doing a Rodney Dangerfield impression. <laughs> Which has to be more cash than whatever this probably sad little pathetic caddy scholarship is. Yes. But he's got to make the decision, like the official decision. He says he's going to play. And, you know, so he's playing with Chevy Chase and Chevy Chase. I mean, is we like, do have a call coming in on Rodney Dangerfield's his, his golf, bag. golf bag phone. And Dr. Beeper gets a page and wants to see if he can use it to call back. And he's like, no. You know, this is my phone. Uh, but yeah, so we're t- we take a lunch break. We do all these things. We got bets on whether Spalding, the grandson, is going to pick his nose, whether he's going to eat it. <laughs> we could really use a scoreboard cutaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have no idea what's happening. Because by the time we get to this, we've got everyone's got a putt and we're even, which is like, I don't even know how that, how that works. The one shot where Chevy Chase hits the ball and he just falls. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, that's I, he his was Gerald deal. Ford in, that's his deal, he? like falling over. I think he's like cracked a bunch of ribs falling over as Gerald Ford. <laughs> he gives all for a fall. <laughs> so yeah, it's all even, and Doctor Two puts it. Yeah. So he, you know, he he misses, and I think Judge gets it. Judge pulls out his magic putter. It has like a name, and yeah, it's weird. like it's like wooden. It's yeah, the Billy or something. I don't know. Yeah, he sinks it in one, and now we have our girl shows back up. Still no bras. Right, I was like, I was like where's misses. Chick? I was like, where's Chick? She should be on the sidelines for this, and then she showed right up. I was like, I knew it. I know the beats on this. Yeah, and Jerry Chase is like titties. This is the putt. Right. So then then we've got Danny, like, you know, he's doing all his measurements and they're like, double or, you know, even double it, 80,000. He's like, great, cool. Thanks. All on me. Thanks, guys. And everybody's behind him. Even Denunzio is like, noonan, noonan. And at the same time, we see everything coming to a head potentially with Bill Murray. And he's like, all right. So he goes like right on the edge and everybody's celebrating because they think that the judge is or the judge thinks that he's won and brian then we have explosions going off yes bill murray presses the detonator and, they, and i just like i bet you it's gonna rattle the ball into the of hole. course it is of course it is and brian Doyle murphy is just like right by the hole watching it he's like i am taking my referee services very <laughs> seriously 
And he's like, and I want to see this asshole lose. <laughs> so, yeah, explosion, explosion, explosion. We've got little gopher running, running, running. I was a little nervous for the gopher. I, I knew he survived because he's in two. I know I've seen the trailer for two. And I... <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to kill the gopher. He has to win. He has to like the gopher's son or whatever. <laughs> no, he's got to be squirrely and win. Okay. And so he runs, runs, runs. Like part and the... three, the gopher is like robotic. <laughs> he's like Robocop. <laughs> The ball falls in. Yay. I don't really know what happens because we really checked in here probably tied. We never see Chevy Chase again. He's just like, if no. you miss the putt, we lose. No pressure. And he's gone. He's that like the last line he has. I think so. And then Bill Murray's like, ooh, fuck, and runs away. Like Rodney again. Dangerfield brings like two loan sharks to go yeah, shake he's like, down I'm the not, judge. You know, I'm not paying you anything. It's like, that's what I thought. Rocco, you know, whatever. Carlo, Sal, I don't know who. Something really racistly, racistly Italian to go run and get. And that's kind of where we end, right? End of the movie. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's not a denouement. And in this then film. one, two, three, Kitty Loggins. Kitty Loggins. And the gopher starts dancing. Yes. <laughs> he, he, after he coughs out smoke. <laughs> and he does a little dance. But I mean, was it like plastic explosive smoke or did he like dig into Bill Murray's stash? I, mean, I don't know. One or the other, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but that's it. It's wacky. <laughs> it's funnier than I thought it would be. I thought it would just be kind of gross. I'm curious to like, maybe we should watch Naked Gun. Maybe we should watch Airplane. Maybe we should watch Animal House. Like movies oh, that man. I... There's a lot of movies I've discounted that I, I don't know. Do we have bandwidth? Like just movies that I thought like were funny then. Like, I think Blazing Saddles is on that list. Blazing Saddles, I think, has a lot of things to talk about. But I don't know. Well, I just have kind of thought that. Movies in the 70s, and I think this movie counts, 1980, is when it was released. It's just... It's, it's just, just uncle own... comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's your like your dirty uncle that your mom doesn't really want you to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let's forget he exists. <laughs> exactly. But it was fun. It was... I loved it. I enjoyed it. I and couldn't it... tell you, like, if you ask me to summarize the plot in three There's sentences. There's not really one. It kind of tries to do that thing where we rally around the underdog, but do we really? I don't know. I'm not sure who the underdog really technically is at the end, but it's a good time. Um, the richest white guy basically wins. Kind of, but he's and, new, and he's new money. The richest white guy and, like, the guy who inherited all the money from his dad like they're the ones that are like kind of win but we're to assume i think like that the judge that worked his way up from nothing to go through law school and well we don't know that he went his way up through nothing but we're to assume that they're going to give some a decent amount of money to danny the caddy and he's going to make his way through college and do whatever he decides he's going to do I think that's what we're to assume. Okay. Who knows if that actually happens? Maybe we find that out in two. I think we don't. <laughs> All right. Well, then we don't. Mystery unsolved. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Hope that was a nice palate cleanser. Something fun to come into the new year. Um, follow us on Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. Shoot us an email for Forbidden Cinema podcast at Gmail. Unfortunately, Minx is not being renewed. But I think you can still watch season one and season two on Stars and listen to our coverage of it, which is just fun and silly. Maybe get some good 70s cocktail ideas. If you've got some road trips or anything you've got going on at wintry time, you get snowed in, you need something to binge, check it out. But yeah, we'll hope to talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.